Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 5, 4, 3, dot, dot, dot. And just at that, he put up a wee screenshot saying... So 262 of the weekly flagship podcast. This is 20 Minute Tims. I am your host, Jamie, joined by Stephen. Hello. And Melly. Good day. <laughs> we were on our some we had to turn the private jet around to record Aye. this podcast. <laughs> we were on our way Handbrake to Barbados. Aye. We were on our way to our tax haven and we had to <laughs> turn the private jet around to record this because Celtic are such a shambles at the moment. It is absolutely unbelievable. There's been so much happening. We didn't plan to record a flagship until Celtic announced their manager, but Celtic can't even make a straightforward job of that. So here we are back with the weekly flagship for your entertainment. If you want more immediate updates, we are reacting to everything live on Patreon, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. All that content is going through the summer. There'll be more about that as this podcast goes on. But if you want the live reactions, they're all available on Patreon. That's how it works. So, let's establish a timeline of events, boys. <laughs> Neil Lennon sacked a Celtic manager in February. From that point on, Celtic are believed. Now, we don't know what... I mean, we don't know an awful lot of things that are nailed on facts. But the, the prevailing storyline is Celtic have been courting Eddie Howe for months. Eddie Howe requested time to pull his backroom team together. And at some point last week, the deal for Eddie Howe falls through, collapses in its arse. Celtic released a statement alerting fans to this fact, saying that um, the statement will get to itself. It was puzzling for me. That statement didn't really make much sense. They released a statement saying that the talks had fallen through and there are already advanced talks with a new candidate. That new candidate is believed to be Angie Postecoglou, the Australian manager currently working in Japan, who's manager of Yokohama Marinos. And yeah, so he emerges as the new target for Celtic manager. All this, all of this shenanigans comes off the back of announcing season tickets, which blew up in everybody's faces because they announced the season tickets without having a manager in place, which we'll, we'll touch on. Might not be necessarily bad in itself, but the season ticket statement said we hope to have a manager in place very soon because Celtic hoped to announce Eddie Howe in the coming days. So, Stephen, we're, we will break down every step of this saga, but what are your Initial thoughts on the broad strokes of the Eddie Howe saga. We'll break down every step of this clown running across a minefield that has exactly. been this Celtic season. I, oh, well, well, the Eddie Howe thing, I'm, I mean, I kind of sit here and say, I, I'm not surprised that I saw this coming because that, that would be an outright lie. I thought it was a totally done deal. Very, very rarely, if not never, does something become so obviously cast iron, so imminent and then fail. How often does that happen? Maybe, I, maybe I'm deluded. Maybe I'm just too close to the whole Celtic thing. Maybe it happens all the time. But to my knowledge, this very rarely happens where you're all but confirmed, inches away from having official communications about a guy, mm. Eddie Howe. It came so close to them actually naming Eddie Howe until they eventually confirmed he wasn't going to be here. Infinite not to come through. That, that is mind-blowing to me. There, there appears to me to have been weeks and months wasted, completely wasted on 
chasing this guy. And he's not getting away with this either, by the way, because no, we'll no. have a lot to say about Celtic's board and all that and not getting a deal done. Or if they are, aren't to blame for not getting a deal done, for wasting far too much time on this guy when they, it was clear probably that he wasn't going to take it. Or he was just stringing them along. Probably should have spotted it long ago, but we'll get to Eddie Howe. But this is very, very embarrassing for Celtic. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Everybody knew it was going to be Eddie Howe, and then it's not. And we are at the end of May. We're about to be in June, and we're no further forward than February. Yes, we, mm. we might come away from this podcast and we're going to confirm Ange Postecoglou right, but well, again, that's an issue in itself. So we'll, we'll get to that as well. But to be I mean, no further record, along, that could happen as early as tomorrow. As we yeah, record this yeah, podcast on the Monday, it could, it could happen as early as tomorrow. As it stands just now, we have not progressed a single inch from when Neil Lennon left the club months ago now. So it's very, very frustrating. Melly, it is, in itself, missing out on a manager is bad, right? It's embarrassing mm -hmm. to publicly pursue a manager and miss out on him is embarrassing for any club, for Celtic especially. But on the back of countless disasters this season, countless embarrassments, it is just... One embarrassment too far for a lot of fans. When you're not allowed any more fuck-ups, you're not allowed any more, right? They make another one. Yes, I spoke about it last week when I said, look, I've, the end of the season, Matt, the end of the season for me, I was willing to give Celtic a clean slate and we can go from there because the relentless negativity, and it's right, rightly so, it's all negative about Celtic, but I chose to try and take myself away from that and try and maybe just go another way, but... I can't, I can't do it anymore. I've went from look, I'll start, give them a fresh start to no, you're not getting it till whenever we assign a new manager. That's when you'll get your fresh start because this is unbelievable how they had this all, all but done and managed to let it slip through their fingers. And I know there'll be loads of things behind it and there'll be reasons they may have been strung along, but at the end of the day, it boils down to the one fact that I put my faith back in Celtic, but I misplaced that faith in the Celtic board and I shouldn't have because when it comes down to it for me they're not fit for purpose anymore they're no longer fit for purpose and I'll go through all that when we come onto the board but at the end of this Celtic had one job the board had one job to convince the unemployed former Bournemouth manager to take the Celtic job and they couldn't do it they couldn't convince this guy who's not been working in football for a season to take one of the supposed biggest jobs in Europe they couldn't give this guy enough assurances, enough guarantees, couldn't show him a structure, a strategy, a plan that he thought next season, if I win the league, I'm into the Champions League football. They couldn't convince this guy because the club's a riot. It's an absolute mess. And you spoke about it in the reaction. The board don't have a clue what they're doing football-wise. They have no idea how to run a club. It's an absolute shambles. And this is what happens. Guys like that would just, unless they're all in on it, unless they think this is right for me, they're not going to take the job. And that's probably why I didn't take it. There's two schools of thought, definitely, Stephen. The, the board put out a statement, which didn't make any sense, that said, for reasons out with Eddie Howe's and our control, Eddie Howe couldn't complete the, the job. For me, that doesn't make any sense. It, it's, at the end of the day, if Eddie Howe wanted the Celtic job, he'd take it. So it's no out with Eddie Howe's control that this, this happened. Yeah. It's not out with Celtic's control. So Melly makes a really good point there that, what is it about the Celtic job that the ex-Bournemouth manager wouldn't take? Now, I don't want to go over too, too much old ground, but I had a bit of an inside track on one school of thought that someone was keeping me abreast of throughout the whole Eddie Howe thing. And for a long, long time, this person was saying, look, Eddie Howe's not really interested in coming to Celtic. They're using this as leverage and they're trying to squeeze this deal out for as long as they can. And he's still getting touted around down south, even as early as two weeks ago, Eddie Howe was still being touted by his representatives down south. And when it came to crunch time, and Celtic wanted an answer, he pulled out of the deal. But Melly makes a good point. What does Celtic have to do to attract the likes of Eddie Howe? He's only the, the, the Bournemouth manager. Now, his personal circumstances might have come into it because the word I heard was Eddie Howe had no intention of leaving the south of England. He didn't want to move up. He didn't want to relocate, relocate to Scotland. Didn't want to leave England. It was never really on the cards for him. And this stuff about his backroom staff is, is, is it doesn't wash with me. No. If Eddie Howe needs somebody to do the job beside him, and this person is so crucial to Eddie Howe's career, there is no way Eddie Howe hasn't at least put out feelers to this guy. You told me Eddie Howe's not spoke to this guy for eight months, and since the Bournemouth season kicked off, he's not let he phone his guy. He's not let he text him. He's no. Right. Doesn't wash in the slightest. No. Doesn't wash in the slightest for me. I think Celtic got played a bit by Eddie Howe. 
Melly's Melly thinks that Eddie Howe didn't like the Celtic prospect, and that's that's obviously true as well. But I think Celtic got played by Eddie Howe. And what's annoyed me is it was one thing I said in the podcast a wee while ago. We're Celtic, and this is Eddie Howe. It's no case of Aye. giving him as much time as we want. We should have said to Eddie Howe, right, first of May, we want a decision from you. And if not, we move on. Because yeah. there's a there's a couple of Eddie Howes out there, as far as I'm concerned. He's no there was he isn't couple, Brendan Rogers. Well, there isn't there isn't now, but there, he's no Brendan Rogers. He's no elite. He's not an elite manager. You know well, what I mean? We, we no. just bent. We, the Celtic board left themselves open to this by bending over backwards for a guy. Now, just here's a warning for the listener. I'm going to play devil's advocate throughout points of this, um, and anyone that knows me knows this podcast rather knows that we sometimes try and explore ideas and put forward alternative points yeah. of view. So I'm going to do that with Eddie Howe. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, the Celtic board left themselves open to disaster by allowing this to drag on when they shouldn't have. They had a job to do. They had other priorities. They shouldn't have given Eddie Howe the space he did because none of it makes sense. No, and that's why I'm not willing to let the board off scot-free with it or completely let them off with it and just say that, well, Eddie Howe's been you know, underhanded in his, in his manoeuvring here. Right? I, I, I think that comes into it as well. But at some point, you have to draw a line under it. Now, I'm not going to come across, or I'm going to try not, rather, not to come across as just pure salty about it because Eddie Howe hasn't taken the job or they couldn't get Eddie Howe over the line, as they probably would have liked to put it. Because, to my mind, and I still think it, I thought it all along, he's the ideal candidate for it. That doesn't yeah. mean to say he's unique in that. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean to say, as you say, Jimmy, there's more than one Eddie Howe out there, probably, in terms of profile. But I still think all along he was probably the ideal guy for it. So much so that I was willing to budge on my beliefs that I wanted it to be structure and system based. That That's yeah. kind of what I said. I was up for the Maresca thing because I thought, right, this is a more joined up thinking approach to this, right? We're going to have an approach and that's that makes sense going forward, a more long term thing. And then as soon as Eddie Howe came on the scene, I was like, well, no, maybe not. Maybe we kick that for a couple of seasons and we get that guy in because that, that seems really appealing. But it hasn't it hasn't worked out like that. So I still think he's he would have been a great guy for it. But to let it go to this time, to this length of time, is criminal from Celtic. They had to draw a line under that. We can't be accused of just flip-flopping on this as well because as recently as a couple of days ago, we thought it was a done deal. So we were getting dead positive about it. You know, it's so it's it's just very angering to be honest. Eddie Howe. I'm going, to, I'm going to go back on a couple of things that I don't like to do on this podcast. One is swear, right? <laughs> and the other is I, I like to take a objective view about a manager's ambitions, right? Because, mm. you know, it's strictly, it's all business at the end of the day. Brendan Rodgers left because he got a good, a good career opportunity. But Eddie Howe, to, to do this for this length of time, sometimes, you know what? You're a wank, Eddie. You know, I, fuck it you. is honestly pathetic I, for Eddie I'm, I'm never, I never take that stance, right? I never take that stance. But at some point, you have to maybe even consider, be conscious of the fact that tens, hundreds of thousands of people are hanging on this at the moment and for you to just play it like it's a job interview and trying to get some other job. You know, I, I'm not saying that that should influence his decision in any way, but now that all the information is available to me, fuck off. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but Eddie Howe would turn around and say, well, those people are no my responsibility. They're your Celtic. Well, exactly. exactly. But, and, uh, and that's where the board comes in again. But yeah. like, let me let me, let me me play devil's advocate here, right? Say this is the scenario. Celtic want Eddie Howe, right? He's the best candidate for the job. The best possible managerial appointment. Uh, in a field of guys littered with mediocrity or whatever, Eddie Howe is the standout, right? So Celtic approach Eddie Howe and Eddie Howe says, look, on the face of it, interested but not going to make my mind up until close at the summer. Celtic go, okay. So they have to play the game and leave Eddie Howe alone. Close at the summer, Eddie Howe says, okay, ready to talk about this. I am into it. I want a carte blanche to pull my background team together. That'll take a wee bit of time because I don't want to distract them for what they're doing down in Bournemouth. But the minute the playoffs are finished, I'll speak to the guys, get them sat around the table, see if we can hammer out a deal. Um, but on the face of it, I'm keen. Celtic go, okay, we need to give this, we need to give this guy the space he's asking for. Playoffs happen. Eddie Howe, Sits down with the guys, can he get a deal together? Goes back to Celtic and goes, can he get a deal together? Such and such and such and such don't want to come to Glasgow. Spoke to them, tried, they're just not interested. The board, are, the board at that point collapsed. Now, the space between Eddie Howe announcing that, sorry, the space between Celtic announcing that Eddie Howe deal was dead and the playoffs was less than a week. So those conversations could have happened quite quickly. But if you've identified Eddie Howe as your number one target, the guy who absolutely must take this job, 
the board are gambling there, aren't they? But there's not much else they could have done. They they had to play the game with Eddie Howe. Yeah, that's why I was so on board with it because everything you hear, the guys that usually know stuff in, in the media were all at, like, it's pretty much a done deal. It's just a matter of time. And it sort of made sense with Eddie Howe waiting until his contract was up in June, to getting the playoffs out the way, all that sort of thing. So I thought, right, that's fine. I'll get on board with it because I'll put the last faith that everything here points to Eddie Howe coming. But from the board's point of view as well, they, they see it this every day. They're talking to the guy. They're speaking to him. And when you're asking that a guy like Eddie Howe to come on board, it probably puts him off a bit when he's saying, well, I can bring all my staff. Like, what sort of other European top, Neil Lengotation's top European club would give a manager carte blanche to bring in a whole raft of staff? That really happens because usually teams have got structure, they've got people in place, Celtic well, have got none of that. But well, the one on. thing... I would, I would say, though, that if it collapsed because he couldn't bring in his staff, then obviously the staff were important to Eddie Howe. Yeah, but the... It's not definite that that is, but at the same time, if Eddie Howe's going to going to go through the rest of his career only be able to pick jobs with certain staff members, he's not going to go anywhere. And these staff members are all at Bournemouth, so they stayed at Bournemouth when he left, so they can't be that much loyalty between well, that's them all. It. The question is how much did Eddie Howe want this job? That's my point here with all of that, but at the same time, the board are speaking to Eddie Howe. You can tell when somebody's not all in. You can tell when somebody's not 100% on board. And they must have known that. They must have known that. We're all sitting here thinking, oh, look, it's all about a wee matter of formality. But they're speaking to the guy. Like when you, you can tell when somebody's not on board. I've had something recently where I'm like, mm, no sure if I'm 100% into this, I'm not all in. You know, you can tell, other people can tell. And they probably chose to ignore that fact. Instead of getting their ducks in order, they went, do you know what, we just need to ride this out and hope for the best. And this is what happens. You can tell when somebody's not all in. Eddie Howe obviously wasn't all in and they allowed themselves to be played. And it's not for the first time. It's another extinction level event for this board. It's For me, Stephen, it is just a case of the board had to be very careful with their reputation. Um, but it's also, for me, indicative of the decision-making that's happened all season. It seems to me... Like it's very rich us as fans turning around saying, shouldn't have waited that long for Eddie Howe when every single person was desperate to get Eddie Howe in the door. Everybody yeah, was right. desperate really to get Eddie Howe in the door. So it's it's I know it's like very fickle of us to now turn around and say, hey, well, you could avoid it all this morning if you just told Eddie how to beat it in May. I wonder what the backlash would have been if come May, Celtic not put out a statement going, look, we're moving on for Eddie Howe. People know it's only the first of May. So Aye, it, 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 it's, it's a balance to be struck. But it's this back to this emotional decision making I think trying to appease the fans that you know kept this emotional decision making that kept Neil Lennon in a job too long the emotional decision making that kept want away players for the 10 now we're looking at you know maybe emotional decision making right well god we really need a win here we really need to get Eddie Howe on because that's everyone that the fans want and we need to give Eddie Howe as much space as he wants because you know if we pressure him too much maybe it won't work meanwhile you know Eddie Howe's agents going down south going to other clubs, look, if you want Eddie, he's about to sign for Celtic, so the offer might be good. And Celtic got wind of this and got impatient with it. But yeah, it's, for me, it's just, it's a, it's a mess. It's a bit of messy. A bit, yeah. sounds like emotional decision-making for the board that once again is blew up in their face. Yeah, and I do appreciate that it's going to be a very difficult you know, line to straddle here. You've got a number one guy. Everyone knows it's your number one guy. You've got a number one target the whole time. And he'll know that as well. As well as the fans knowing that Eddie Howe is the number one choice, he'll know that. He'll know what kind of position he's in. He'll know the cards he holds. I suppose we'll find out more about why exactly he didn't take the Celtic job in the, in the coming weeks. If he rocks up at a Wolves or something like that in a couple we'll of weeks. He'll talk to a journalist eventually. And yeah, and if he takes a job, if he, if he walks into some job or other, we'll be like, well, that was probably the plan all along. But see, this is bizarre to me this he doesn't want to move from the south of England it's football where are you going to is it Portsmouth you want to go Southampton I, I don't really know where where your options are it's a bit like you've, you're desperate to be like a Hollywood actor but I will not move to LA there's yeah. absolutely no chance I'm, I'm going to stay here in Swindon but it's like I know and I know Glasgow isn't exactly LA when it comes to the <laughs> comes to the football industry but you get the point. It's you can't stay in the south of England and expect to be this like ultra successful football manager that we all expect he wants to be or probably sees himself. I'd never really bought into that. That's a that's a very 
very peculiar line that has come mm. out about Eddie Howe that he just won't budge from Bournemouth. Well, well you're very, very limited then. I do question Eddie Howe's ambition because Celtic are a huge club and a huge <laughs> opportunity for Eddie Howe. And he's only Eddie Howe. He's only had the Bournemouth job. And Bournemouth aren't a big club. So I really do wonder where Eddie Howe sees himself. But, you know, without labouring the point, my overriding feeling on this is it's only Eddie Howe and the board shouldn't have left themselves exposed to this for yeah. for. for the length of time that they did. Ange Postacoglu quickly emerged as Celtic's new target. Um, emerged Celtic is right. That's the right word for it, by yes. the way. <laughs> emerged out of nowhere. Emerged out of nowhere as Celtic's <laughs> new target. Immediately talks for an advanced stage. Now, there's two ways to look at that. Um, either Celtic had been preparing a plan B for Eddie Howe collapsing. And look, see to me at this point... Anyone pointing out, I will, he's always going to be plan B. Look, any manager that came in at this point was going to be plan B. We obviously failed in getting Eddie Howe. So even yeah. if Pep walked in the door, Pep would be plan B at this stage. <laughs> um, either Celtic were working on this deal in the background on the off chance that Eddie Howe fell through. So they went, right, we've got two really good candidates here. First choice is Eddie Howe. The next choice is Postacoglu. And we'll move on to him because that's why the talks so quickly went to an advanced stage. Or... Nobody wants Postacoglu. He is pals with somebody and they just pick the phone up and he's immediately ready to take the Celtic job on a moment's notice. I personally believe it's probably the first one. I don't know how long Celtic were in contact with Postacoglu. Maybe a week, maybe two weeks. I don't think it happened the day Eddie Howe knocked him back. They quickly scrambled about the phone to see who was available. But um, what did you make, Stephen, of the initial announcement that we were linked to Postacoglu? And was it who? Postacoglu? It just about works. We'll, we'll work on that. Oh, but it's, yeah, wow was my reaction mm. to that. I, I mean, there's, there's no dressing up. That for that to come out of literally nowhere was not what we were expecting at all. No, I'm not. I'm not like a lot of people. Who, a lot of people will be furious at that being linked with an unknown man, unknown in this part of the world anyway. Because I think it's yeah, slightly disrespectful. It's okay to call him unknown. Yeah, maybe yeah, not. Yeah. Maybe not next week. Maybe not next month or when the season begins. Yeah, but. Uh, when the news first broke, there was a lot of people going, who's this unknown manager? And a lot of people going, <laughs> well, he's not actually unknown. I can tell you he's had a 10-year career <laughs> in Australia. Aye, but we don't watch Australian football. Yeah. We're a select podcast. We don't know who he is. Yeah, I appreciate it, that it's very disrespectful to say that he is completely unknown because there's a big, huge part of the world called Asia and Australia where he's very much known. Right? Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. But there's, it's no exaggeration to say that in this part of the world, he is largely unknown. And for that to come out, after being linked with Eddie Howe, who is a manager or coach or whatever of some repute in this country, on this island, then I understand the reaction to that not being great because we've been kind of on the train all along that we're getting the next Brendan Rodgers. That's going to be mm -hmm. a Brendan Rodgers-style appointment. Getting Eddie Howe, he's the number one guy. He's the most, probably the most respected and sought-after currently available coach in Britain, right? So that's that's great. And now we've got this guy who mm -hmm. no been no one in the, the very small circle of Scottish football has heard of. I would be lying if my reaction was anything other than who and huge surprise. Now, uh, as I, I started saying... I, I thought I, it must be a joke. Uh, yeah, I honestly yeah, thought yeah. it must be a joke. As, as I started saying, I'm not like that. I, if I suddenly discover something I've never heard of in football, I tend to be like, oh, well, I better go and find out about that or you know, go and ask someone. I'm not like, oh, pish. It's a, it's a pub league over there and all that because... I, I think there's a, an awful lot of hypocrisy when it comes to this thing as well because we as a support, as a nation, are furious, absolutely beside ourselves whenever we get the, the scorn pulled on us from England. Whenever England are dismissive of anything that happens in Scotland, we get awful upset about it. But the minute something happens outside of our wee circle, where we're talking about Australia, Japan, we're like, oh, pish, absolute public, he's a nobody, all, all Aye, that kind of I mean, there are, mad, I mean... Manager profile does matter. If someone's got a big name in the game and people are talking about him and he plays in a football and backwater, a lot of people will have heard of him or spoken about him. You know, like people when Ronnie Dyla joined Celtic, I didn't know who he was, but he was quite well known among like football guys and all that sort of stuff. And it's the same, it's the same boat a lot with Postecoglou. But I, I was, I think it was fair enough to be quite shocked at this completely. Yeah. I mean. I know you're talking about the, the wee world of Scottish football and that's what we that's what we operate in as well, this podcast. I would be amazed if anyone at Celtic Park on a match day knew who this guy was. Amazed. No, I know. 
But with that, there's also, did we not say this recently about Dr. Joe, about how disrespectful everyone was in this country about Dr. Joe when he came in? Even Vim Janssen, everyone called him the worst thing to hit Hiroshima since the bomb. Aye, but that the was Doctor Who and all the that. press and that's when he arrived and they were saying this yeah. to his face. We're talking about the minute the news breaks, I don't think there's anything wrong with going, nah, don't want this guy, never heard him. Because you want something, like, it's, it's a, there's a sea of football managers out there who we've all heard of. And it, it seemed to me, odd in the first instance to bypass all these other managers that we'd been linked with all these other managers in England there's hundreds of them there's loads of good managers out of work and we end up in we end up in Japan with an Australian who's 55 that no one's heard of I think well my reaction initially was I think quite valid yeah and I can completely understand why people feel that way because I was like this this doesn't seem right in the slightest and then it all comes out about the city group and all that and then you go oh there's the link isn't it it's the old law link and that's what we were wanting rid of we were wanting a new structure brought into the club but this didn't happen anymore it wasn't all sort of Peter Law and his cronies doing because you get sick of it but this guy if he had have if it hadn't went this far He's going to be in the back foot now, no matter what, because of everything that's happened, because of the timeline. But also, if we, if we weren't going down the Eddie Howe route, where Eddie Howe was bringing in all the staff, Eddie Howe's sort of got the kind of clout to be able to do that because he has a really good coach. But this guy's going to come in and he's going to have nothing to work with. There's no director of football. There's no chief scout. He's not got a captain. There's countless players leaving. So you're putting this guy on the back foot from the very off, putting him into a country where he's never managed before. He, like the guy's not even managed in Europe before. That is quite a. That is a huge deal in this. See, to be honest, and I don't know if it's just my. I don't know if it's just my biases here. And when you guys maybe be correct to me, that managed in Europe thing doesn't really concern me as much. He's managed well, in I mean, Australia. He's maybe not married, managed in Finland or Norway or Sweden yeah. or Austria or any of these places. But he's managed in Australia. Um, There's no language barrier. The culture it's, might it's not, is be a bit similar. It's not to do with the language barrier. It's to do with the football thing where he's coming in here and there's no structure for him to work under. If he was coming in with a director of football, a good set of coaches, all these scouting and analytics, but he's coming into none of that. So mm. he's not got the... the the knowledge of European players where he's going to go, I want this guy, this guy, this guy, yeah. that and that. That's the problem I have with it because he's going to come in and go, right, what what players have you got? And I'll see if they fit in it, my style of play. And we've got, we've not really got a director of football. We've not really got a chief scout right now, but we've got these guys that we've been watching for a while. That's the problem with it. If it had to been a month ago and Celtic had to get their ducks in order and said, right, Eddie Howe's not coming. So that let's go down the original mm -hmm. strategy where we get, Harkin and Mareska where we get a director of football in and then he brings in a manager this it would have been the perfect time it was curious to me that the Fergal Harkin story started to emerge again last week because that all went quiet yeah, yeah. Fergal see, Harkin was spoken about months ago then he disappeared and then last week he comes in and I thought to myself well, I did when he that came back on the scene I thought to myself that's a bit odd see if it's going to be Fergal Harkin Surely it should be now Harkin comes in first before this guy comes in and then it looks like you're trying to get your things in a row. But no, now no, Celtic are running, no, about, no, no. running on, about with a pants on fire now that it's just get MD in so it tries to appease the fans and get on with this. And it's just a mess. It's an absolute I, mess. I think that the stuff about orders of people being hired and all that, I, I don't think that matters. I do agree with you though that there's like a scramble now. Basically, we're, we're trying to fit six months work into one month. Just a curious note on the City Group thing, Stephen. That was immediately pointed out as a negative. Oh, we've just used the City Group contacts. Fergal Harkins used his contacts as City Group, and that's where we've got this guy from. Now, whether or not that's true, it's since emerged, you know, we'll talk about Postacoglu's reputation in the game and what sort of manager he is. Whether that's true or not, it, to me that was, and I'm talking about the timeline of very early reveal here, to me, hearing that he was part of the City Group setup was the first positive on the timescale. Yeah. Because the city group are, as much as we, you know, we decry the fact that, you know, there's ties to Lowell's son and Fergal Harkin somehow involved, as much as we decry this, they are just about the biggest and most successful footballing operation on the planet, highly professional, worth billions of pounds. And yeah. the fact that this guy is part of that, to me, on the timeline of things, was an early positive. I was like, right, okay. Like, because there's like a panic. It sort of sets in when you're part of this and the fucking Discord's going and Twitter's going and people are texting you and we're talking about recording podcasts. You're like, right, what do I know here? Right, okay. First thing's right, City Group. Okay, well, he's not a complete nobody. He must have some sort of reputation in the game yeah. because they're not going to go and bring in somebody 
for example, that no one's ever heard of who's got no reputation in the game. They don't want associated with that. Well, quite aside from things like the success that City have shown and the billions and all that involved, the City group I may be naive, but from the outside looking in, they seem to value the right kind of things in a football sense. And I'm not talking about like being owned by dodgy billionaires and all that. I'm talking about like on a on a very small scale, talking about the football. They seem to value coaches. It's them that are producing guys like Enzo Maresca and well, Mikel Arteta, who has had a, a dodgy season, but it, it seems to be like a footballing philosophy that, that is important to them. I don't know how close Yokohama Marinos are to this. You know, I know they're owned by the same group, but I don't know how the, how the philosophies and all that match up, but that is, to me, nothing to get too worried about. I know that the Peter Lawwell thing exists, and quite frankly, Celtic, the best thing Celtic could do right now is get totally shot up at Lowell because they're oh, never yes. going to make a single decent move in the eyes of the fans well, you, as long as he's around. Just before you move on, and you just reminded me of something I forgot to say, the Eddie Howe thing, that for me, if, if Peter Law wasn't leaving at the end of the season, the failed pursuit of Eddie Howe would have be would be a resigning matter. For oh, a yeah, 100%. 100%. Aye. Yeah. And, and Do Dom, Dominic Mackay is only just in the door. He's sort of still, I mean, he's not immune to it because, you know, he starts on minus 5,000 points or whatever. Um, whatever we want to look at it but if it was Peter Law CEO with no plans to retire the failed pursuit of Eddie Howe for me would be a resigning matter well he's, oh. he's lucky in that regard isn't he because it would be like you know Gordon Strachan was in one game and everybody wanted him sacked after that media if, if Dominic Mackay was in this job two weeks ago and this happened on his watch you would have people asking what on earth are you doing here where we're on Peter Law and the board and look Peter Law is leaving again Neil Lennon quotations under that but it's time up it's time up for him and the rest of this board because what this showed to me at the weekend and thinking over it all since it uh, all came to fruition that Celtic are never going to go anywhere under this board they can win titles in their own league but big club wise big club mentality big reputation but they're not they're not a big club in what they do and how they structure and plan for things. Eddie Howe slipped through their fingers, meaning, I'm just going to look at this in the last 10 years because it's been the 10 in a row thing, right? But in the last 10 years, every manager Celtic have brought in, and I'll include, include Postacoglu in this because he's not of the sufficient reputation that Celtic should be bringing in at this point. Celtic have only been able to attract one top manager in the last 10 years. And that's because he had an affiliation with the club. There's no way if Brendan Rodgers didn't have an affiliation and you can say, oh, he wasn't really a Celtic fan or whatever, but 
There's no way he would have come to Celtic. And that is damning on this board because Celtic are a big opportunity for so many people. Mm. One top manager they've been able to bring in, Neil Lennon, uh, Tony Mowbray came in, didn't work out. Came with a decent reputation, but only came because he did probably did that affiliation with Celtic. Neil Lennon lucks out in the job. A guy brought in, was reserve, working with the reserves and came in because Tony Mowbray had made a mess of it. Should Neil Lennon have got that job looking at it? Probably not, he's not qualified for it. Then you bring in Ronnie Dyler, not qualified for the job, not up to it. Brendan Rodgers, good. And then bringing back Neil Lennon, there was no way for the second time round Neil Lennon was qualified for this job. So Peter Law and this board have only managed to bring in one manager and they sort of lucked out in that because of these things. In the 10 years, four Champions League qualifications out of 10, despite being seeded for every single round. Zero knockout victories after Christmas in what about 15 years maybe longer than that now that's not a big championship team player recruitment has been abysmal manager recruitment has been abysmal player sales Celtic if they're going to be this big club they need to sell players well they sell players and every time we sell a player every single time it's detrimental to the team we sell a player because we've failed to qualify for the Champions League to make up for the surplus and I just keep looking at this Peter Law's walking away from this and he's leaving us with no manager no director of football no chief scout analyst data analyst no captain four or five players on loan are three of our biggest assets have a year to go in their contract and are going to look go away for fees and I just come to the fact that this board are not fit for purpose they're done and Peter Law is the biggest waste of money Celtic have ever had in their history because that when I look at all that the four Champions League things in 10 years that is nearly 200 million Celtic have frittered away because they aren't prepared for things and when you look at that and you look to Eddie Howe and you go why did you not come mate he can just point to all that and go this (laughs) is a big club in name only It's it's a total lack of ambition and I think Celtic's managerial appointments are limited only by the board's imagination here and their ability to to turn this around. The money exists for Celtic to pay Brendan Rodgers what we paid Brendan Rodgers. But Neil Lennon was on a fraction of that. Why? Eddie Howe probably wanted big money. Ange Postacoglu is probably on a fraction of what Eddie Howe wanted. Why? Why? You know, when when you talk about ambition and hiring football managers, and I'm just talking about the managers here, Ambition just really amounts to how big a check you're willing to pay. How big a check you're willing to sign. And when Eddie Howe fell through, what Celtic should have done was thought, Ange Postacoglu's a good manager, right? But not for just now. Maybe not for yeah. just now. Because we've 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 made a major fuck up here. And the first thing Dermot Desmond should have done was pick up the phone to Peter Law or Dominic Mackay and say, look, I know the budget for a manager was two million a year, but we'll fuck that so it's yeah. phone now. Double Go out and night. get somebody. Yeah. That's that's what it should have been. Now, this is completely separate to what kind of guy Ange Postacoglu is going to turn out to be, what kind of yeah. manager. On Patreon, already recorded on Patreon as part of Project Rebuild, we have recorded a podcast with an Australian journalist who has given us the lowdown and some local knowledge on Ange Postacoglu. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. You can check that out. All the details are on our Twitter feed. But there is no doubt that Ange Postacoglu represents a gamble for this board. The Celtic board have put the house, the car, the dog, and maxed out all the credit cards <laughs> on on Ange Postacoglu coming in and being a success. I mean, how much of a gamble is this for Celtic, Stephen? Well, an, enormous. It's an enormous gamble, but it, it shouldn't be because from now, we need to forget Eddie Howe, we need to forget big managers, we need to forget saviours who are going to come in and rescue this because that's not what we're getting. We're not getting the four million a year manager, that's not going to happen now. We need to forget that and it's got to be all about the system going forward. If it's Postacoglu, yeah. right, okay, I'll accept that because you know what, a lot of people will be listening into this hoping that we are going to come in and basically just flame this, basically just come on and torch the guy, just completely condemn this potential appointment. But I'm not I'm not going to do that just now because you know what, what if he's good? I'm nothing if not optimistic when it comes to new people coming into Celtic. And that's what I've got no choice but to, to buy into it now, to be honest, because I said this at the time. Do you remember when we were linked to Rafa Benitez? I said I didn't want that because it's just going to be yet another guy who's going to leave in 18 months' time and we're going to end up having to start again. 
so we need to go back to what I thought at the time, and it was the stuff that I'm so bored of talking about it now, but the structure, the director of football, the plan in place, we need to go back to that now. Do the unfortunate thing is, this is the worst timing imaginable to go back to this. See, if we had reset at the end of that season, or even the, the start of the previous season, and said, right, this is the direction we're going to take, I think broadly people might have been on board with it, mm. but now... After that season, mm -hmm. and not even after that season, after three months of pissing about, chasing Eddie Howe around the playground for absolutely nothing, for nothing to come of it, now that's the plan. Uh, I, and obviously, I'm, I'm just, I'm ranting here, right? But the thing is, all the conversations now have to begin again in, yeah. in June, in the first of June. See all the things that were keeping us sane in the last few weeks because we all believed in nothing all believed in the fairy tales that Eddie Howe was behind the scenes he was studying games he was sounding out players to come in he was going to sign all these guys for Bournemouth to come in and just he was going to bring all these coaches in none of that's happening not one of these those things is happening so the conversations all start again as of tomorrow Postacoglu's got to bring in coaches now he's got to bring yep. in presumably yep. recruitment staff or Celtic are going to have to supplement Postacoglu with all this stuff when does that start in earnest? Are we going to are yeah. we taking the whole Yokohama Mariners staff across? Highly doubtful. So where where's all this stuff coming from? We we believe already we had, it's John Kendi and uh, <laughs> I will, exactly. So we all believe that these ready mach, ready made machines were available for us to take and just switch them on. The Bournemouth staff, the Man City staff, we're going to just bring them on together, switch it on, and it starts purring into life straight away. Now we're going to be faced with taking. Right, we'll get a guy from Man City, we'll get Fergal, Fergal Harkin, we'll get a guy from Yokohama Mariners, Postacoga, we'll get, I don't know who, Scoutings, scout, we'll get Butchell or something like that for Bournemouth, I don't know who the, the deals were far on with now, so it seems like an absolute mess. And you know what, it's no Postacoglu's fault that he's walking into yeah, this Well, no, this is something shambles. I wanted to say. We need to separate the decision that arrived, Yeah, the decision that arrived at Postacoglu to Postacoglu himself. Yeah. Did you watch... Um, did you watch Dominic Cummings give evidence last week about the government and coronavirus? Yeah. And he was like, just telling this story of complete disarray in number 10, where all these plans were written on a whiteboard, but they were half formed and government officials were coming in and going, we're fucked. We're absolutely fucked. <laughs> They're saying, you know, some government official came in and go, for years I was told there was a plan for this, but there's not a plan. There is no plan. Coronavirus is sweeping the nation, disaster and chaos are running rife, and in number 10, they're making up plans on the back of fag packets and on <laughs> whiteboards wheeled into offices. Very much that's the image I've got of of, of what's happening behind the scenes at, yeah, at Celtic it's The Park. thick of it stuff, isn't it? It's the thick ah, of it yeah. behind the scenes at Celtic. That's what we're, we've all been told sort of the start of this season, all through this season, that, look, Celtic, we're just doing this to get to the 10. Then when they were going to do that, there was going to be a whole modernisation of the club. They were going to change all this, director of football and all that in. And what this has shown in the last week and over the summer, like, there's never been a plan. There's never no. been a plan because none of it's been implemented. We're all told, ah, at the end of the season, Celtic are going to bring in a director of football. As soon as Eddie Howe becomes available, you do what you want, mate. And look, Eddie Howe would have been a good manager bringing in his staff, fair enough. But well, there's no plan. There's no plan B well, hold then. on. I just want to be dick advocate again here, right, <laughs> and, and put forward this. There might be a plan. We don't know. Plan A could be... Eddie Howe wants to come in. He's got a couple of ideas for director of football and a couple of ideas for first-team coaches and scouts that he wants to approach at the end of the season. So we'll let Eddie do that. But plan B is we'll identify our own director of football. We'll identify, you know, Fergal Harkin. We'll identify Ange Postacoglu. We'll identify coach ABC. We'll identify these scouts. That might be plan B. So it might be Eddie Howe's working on his thing. Meanwhile, we go work on that. So just because... We, we, it's very easy for us to sit here and go there's no plan there's no plan there's no yeah, plan we but, don't we, necessarily we, know that and I know it seems that way and to be honest with you the the most realistic thing is that it, there's a mad panic behind Celtic Park doors yeah. to get this all scrambled together but you know the, we must consider even just the 10% possibility that you know what what has been worked on for the past couple of weeks is plan B and this is plan B now there have been we said it there's been no other rumours of any other managers being spoken to by Celtic. And then Ange Postacoglu comes out of nowhere. So it's not like they're starting the recruitment process all over again. You know, it's, there's, you know, there was rumours that Paul Lambert was interviewed by Celtic. That's not true. There's nobody else is, no, you know, there's nobody. What I mean is, it's no Ange Postacoglu today, then Lucien Favre tomorrow, then Graham Potter the next day. It's not like rumour after rumour after rumour. It very quickly went from Eddie Howe 
to Ange Postacoglu's 10 to 1 on. So that suggests to me some work was being done on a plan B. And while we're discussing the other managerial candidates, right, so sort of moving away from the decision-making process that brought us to this point and, and, and looking at Ange Postacoglu, the manager, first of all, I was pretty surprised. I didn't know who he was. I've spent the last couple of days educating myself. We've spoken to people for the podcast. You and I, Stephen, as I said, that's going out on Patreon tomorrow. And I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Now, the profile is odd. The profile is odd. 55-year-old guy that's never managed a big club before in Europe and has spent most of his time in Australia and, and uh, Japan. That's odd to me. Um, but it doesn't, to me, represent any more of a risk than the other managerial candidates. You know, the Roy Keynes, the Alex Neils, the... <laughs> You know, Lucien Favre was my first choice, but is he even gettable? It's very easy just pointing the finger at the Russia Dortmund manager saying, I want him. Is he gettable? Maybe by another board. Maybe another board can convince yeah. him. But what we've got just now is a Celtic board that can't convince him. We've discussed that. But looking up at Ange Postacoglu versus everyone else, he, to me, and I know this is going to be unpopular because people are angry about it, but this is my own personal opinion. I'm not speaking for anybody else. Over the last couple of days, I've got to say, I've... I've Interested. I'm not encouraged. I'm not pleased, but I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um. It's it could be an exciting appointment if it works. Um. Stacked up against the other guys we've been linked with, there's an interest there. Reading about how he approaches the game, how he plays the game, how his teams play, sounds to me encouraging. The way it sounds I want Celtic to play. So there is. It's not all doom and gloom for me. I'm not saying no. This guy. I'm actually quite encouraged by Ange Postacoglu and he's an interesting appointment for me compared to Melly to the other guys who've been linked to how does he stack up for you? It's, it's quite a difficult one because after reading all about him I'm like oh that's the kind of guy I want somebody that's going to play football on that front foot have their philosophy and really dig down into that and listening to a few interviews and that he seems like a sort of ideal guy but it's just everything else that's went with it just all that goes against him. Now, I'm separating what he is as a manager with everything that's going on. And ideal, that would be the kind of guy you want in. But not on the back of losing Eddie Howe in basically June. If he had said to him and lost Eddie Howe in May and then go, look, we've got this guy on there. We're bringing on all this. But the fact is, I love the way he talks about the game. I love his philosophy. I think that would be ideal at Celtic. But what he's walking into, it's walking into at Celtic isn't far from ideal as I said yeah. there's no director of football there yet there's no scout, there's there's no structure there for him to thrive in he's kind of been set up to fail here much like when Ronnie Dyler came in you're like do you know what that's kind of a decent appointment but there was nothing for him there, there was nothing from there because Celtic instead of saying we've brought in this manager who develops players, they started bringing in a lower standard of players, the Postoglu is going to come in here and he's going to have to hit the ground running because no matter what now, some fans won't get on board with it and understand that. But any sort of loss at the start of his thing and the knives will be out. And it's the, the Champions League when Celtic go into these qualification games. I never thought Celtic would qualify for the Champions League. But if Eddie Howe doesn't qualify for the Champions League, you can always go, do you know what? We'll give him that. This guy's not going to get that opportunity. And I'm raging at Celtic for bringing in this new guy who might be a good manager but I think they're setting them up to fail because there's nothing there for them to work with. For me, Stephen, there's two things. There's two hurdles that Ange Postecoglou, being a success at Celtic, he needs to win over the players. So he needs to come in and get buy-in from the players, which is one thing Ronnie Dyler didn't do. No. And I think Ronnie Dyler um, comparisons are interesting. And he needs to get backing, which is one thing Ronnie Dyler didn't get. We can't mm. have this half in, half out. No. You need to... If Ange Postecoglou says, that guy is the player I need to make my team tick and he's going to cost five million quid. Yeah. You go out and get that guy. Yeah. You don't bring in another guy. If Ange Postacoglu comes in and says, this boy here is no good for me. Don't want him. You get rid of him. Yeah. However, on the flip side of that, Ange Postacoglu has to come in and get players like James Forrest on board, get players like Callum McGregor on board. You know, he has to get the senior members, the influential members of the, the dressing room on board. You can't just fall out with these guys which he's notorious for doing the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of the feedback we've got for Ange Postacoglu is it's his way of the highway he likes to play yes. aggressive fluid very attacking football very attacking football but it's his way of the highway and if you don't like it you're out in your arse yeah it was so weird there having you not mentioned Scott Brown 
and among the the senior mm. players they're mm. so strange it's, it's very alien to have that list and you're like who's missing there James Forrest I wonder and what McGregor. your smirk was about there I know <laughs> um, no there's absolutely no doubt we, we have to back this guy now we have to give him all the tools that are, are available to us in order to make Celtic a success we've got a choice now if this is the guy this, we need to do our best for him as Roots Manoeuvre once said the choice is there ain't no choice but to pursue it and now that, mm. that's us we're, we're in here we're all in on Ange Postacoglu the, the thing with the dialer thing is I know people be kind of bristling at that comparison a wee bit but to me the parallels are, are so obvious that, that we would have to kind of jump over a hurdle to ignore them but mm. they are both very unfortunate second choices who came in yeah. uh with far from ideal circumstances, you know, Roy Keane and in this case, Eddie Howe. So we're not saying he's Ronnie Dyler, we're just saying that obviously the comparisons are there. Because, do you know what, I always hear about this, I hear that Postacoglu is the new Dr. Joe, he's the new this, he's the new that, but remember, people were saying Stephen Gerrard's the new John Barnes. Like it, these these comparisons aren't yeah. really worth anything at the time. He's his own man when he's sneak giving him a chance now. It's just my, my overriding annoyance my irritation my irritation with it is that Celtic have set him up in just the worst possible circumstances whatsoever yeah. now I know this is a big opportunity for him don't get me wrong I don't think he and having spoken to spoken to a well-placed source this morning um he doesn't seem like a yes man he doesn't seem like a type of guy who's That's just going to come I'm in I'm glad here. you mentioned yeah. that because there have been a lot of people saying oh this guy's just going to be thankful for the job he's a bold patsy and this will just be another guy who's happy to drive down standards nah. oh, legitimately from everything you read about Postacoglu the opposite is true yeah yeah like the, 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 it's not just we're not just saying that that it, I mean it could be it's not necessarily a positive but Stephen the, the thing that you hear in all the articles and all the bloggers and all the people who've who've commented on followed his career that's not he left the Australia job because he wasn't happy with he left the Australian national team job after he qualified them for a World Cup didn't go to the tournament. He was so unhappy with the way he was being treated by the, the, the Federation. So it's a guy who's not a patsy. Well, Celtic would deserve it so much, right? If he came in after two weeks of working with these guys, working with the Celtic as a club, we're like, I'm out of here. What Stick is this, carry on? What is That's this? Australian accent. Stick it up your ass. Stick it up your ass. Come Absolutely. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. But I, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he came in and saw this absolute full jamboree that is Celtic behind the scenes and I'm like I'm going back up the road Japan's brilliant Japan's a cracking place to do your work to me that's either going to go one of two ways he's going to come to Celtic he's going to be playing amazing football we're going to love it and it's going to be great or it's going to fucking collapse within about three <laughs> months he'll tell them all to shove it up their castle main 4x and he'll get back on the first <laughs> Qantas flight to Sydney and we'll never see him again and we'll be lying here in a massive shit heap. But I've got to say, this represents a big gamble for him as well because by all accounts, he's a highly regarded coach and a lot of people have been saying he's due a, a shot at a big European club or in Europe for a long time. Reports that Sunderland had looked at him and moved on. And one thing that's held him back, particularly in this case of Sunderland, was um, the board were afraid to appoint a manager without a name. They didn't want a yeah. no-name manager. And look how that worked out for Sunderland, appointing someone just because they had a name. Um, but this is a gamble for him at 55. It's this or nothing. You know, he's not going to get yeah. two bites at the, the cherry. He's not going to fail at Celtic and then get the coffee, Fulham or Salzburg or any of these sorts of things. That's that's not going to happen for him. It's just another thing to go against him is he's 55. Like, come on, could you not have been any other age? Man? <laughs> no, he Why couldn't have been any other age. He cannot be, Melly. No, he literally cannot be any other age. He cannot, <laughs> the, he cannot help it. It's a fundamental... He's 56 or he's 54 <laughs> until he's 55. Yeah. A fundamental <laughs> facet of your age is that you cannot change it. Unfortunately, it's just another unfortunate mm. circumstance. The thing I will say about Ange Postacoglu and the, on the negative side, the one thing that's worrying me is it's clear as CV... It's clear to me as CV isn't of the, the calibre of manager that Celtic could attract. A club should. the stature of Celtic should be attracting better managers. That's clear. We all agree on that. The The reason we're not, we think, or I think, is the board. The lack of ambition yeah. for the board. We should be pushing the boat out. We should be reaching higher than this, right? However, it's very easy to say that when you don't know anything about the guy. He might come yeah, in and be yeah. an absolute wonder, a masterstroke of an appointment, an absolute masterstroke of an appointment. The next Pep Guardiola, who's just been undiscovered yet, and that's fine. But, the but when, I, that when get... I go through the, the last 10 years and talk about the managers, exactly. this is this is why we're not giving them that 
because yeah. the board have to be any... highly unusual. It would yeah. be highly unusual. But another thing that, that's a mark against Angie's name for me is that a lot of the things that people are saying he he done very well on and he done very well at, they were all, you know, 2015, 2014, 2000. They were all even enough. It was all, you know, not nothing. Nothing in the last five or six years has has broken cover with Ange Postecoglou now. Should that suit this squad because half our players were last good in 2015, to be honest. <laughs> if you should, you'd be, you'd be loving working with Tom Rogic and Lee Griffiths and Deer Beaton then. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, they'll all be great then. Aye. But it's just, so that that for me is, is another one. Like he's, He seems to be a manager who hit a high point maybe five or six years ago, hmm. but since then, and nobody's really capitalised on it. Now, this is all perception. Yeah. At the end of the day, the guy's got to come here and he's got to do a good job and it doesn't matter if he's a first-time coach, a second-time coach, if he's been in the game for five years, five minutes or 50 years, none of this matters. If he comes to Celtic and starts winning, then people will soon forget about what happened in the past. Yeah. But looking at his CV on the desk, for me, there's things there that I'm not particularly impressed with and the things that did impress me happened a long time ago. But again, I'm coming back to this. Compared to who? Compared yeah. to the guys that we've been linked with? Jack Ross. Jack Ross, Paul Lambert, Postecoglou. And all you need to do is, another thing that I've been looking at as well is when this thing about the, the profile a manager Celtic can attract, well, we can't attract an Eddie Howe profile because he just turned us down. No, so case yeah. in point, we can't attract, we can't attract Eddie Howe. So should we forget about guys like that for the time being? We can't attract David Moyes, he's turned us down. We got, we got um, Brendan Rodgers, he was, you know, their money suit in the charity shop. Is that down to money? Is it because every year we don't go, right, here's another four million quid for a manager? Maybe. But uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm waffling about here. I'm getting carried away with emotions, but... It's it's the whole it's the whole thing, but Celtic should be able to attract these managers like we spoke about earlier on this, but they don't have everything in place to do it. I mean, all this manager has to do next year is win the Scottish Premier League to be guaranteed Champions League football, a chance to be pitting yourself against the best teams and managers aren't coming to do that because they don't think everything's there for them to succeed at that. Celtic should be able to say to Brendan Rodgers, David Moyes, all these guys you've named, come to Celtic and they should go, do you know what? After Brendan Rodgers, that's ideal. Look where he is now. He's up there challenger for Champions League, winning trophies down in England. But we're a riot. We're an absolute riot. And that's is why we're having to scramble about with this guy. Yeah, and you've just made a good point, Melly. You've reminded me of a point that I wanted to make as well. Is this the perfect time to bring an Ange Postecoglou? Because at no point in the last decade could we have taken this gamble. At no point in the last decade could we have taken this gamble. So if he comes in and doesn't win the league next year, well, you've not blown 10 in a row. True. Yeah, there is that. There is no, so there was at no other time could we have brought this guy in. It might have represented too much of a gamble. We took the gamble on Ronnie Dylo when Rangers were out of the league. We corrected that with Brendan Rodgers the following season. Mm -hmm. Then we made an arse out with Neil Lennon. But at no other time in Celtic's, you know, the past 10 or so years could they have brought them in. And saying that, though, I think it, I think oh, it's a huge gamble because what happens if Rangers qualify for the Champions League this summer, then win the league next year? That is millions and millions right. that they are building up on us with a sort of steady squad. And Celtic are going to be probably if Rangers win the league, they'll get rid of Postecoglou and have to go start again. It's a bad you cycle to that, get you? yourself. You need in. to buy in. You need to buy in. You need to say this is a project. We can't just sack him after a year because it didn't work. I, I feel like we're picking up our picking up our positives with tweezers now, though. I know, but that's the ship yeah. we're in right now. Now, look, I don't want anybody come to us and go. If this guy wins a treble next year and battles Rangers ten 0 I don't want anyone digging out this podcast and going. I remember you guys said you were worried about him. Yeah, because it's okay because with the facts in hand and the information yeah. we've got, the new. This is how we feel about it. And it would be that voice as well. It would definitely be that voice pulling us It would up. definitely yeah. be that voice. <laughs> how dare you? That, that <laughs> the, voice, yeah. The thing is, but it's again Celtic just lowering the expectations again. Well, now we just need to get on board with this guy. And it's not it's not expectation anymore that we want him to do well. We don't expect him to do well. We are hoping and praying that he does well so it doesn't turn into another disaster. And that's where this board have left us. It shouldn't be like this. Celtic should be going out and getting a manager and you're going into the new season like, looking forward to it. And look, I'll back this guy. I will support him yeah, that's because important. I think he deserves this. Yeah, so it's, it's not his fault. It's, it's all the board's fault. He's coming in here and I will back him 100%. So I hope he does a good job. But we can't come on here and say just blind hope that he's going to do a good job. You need to look at it and say, is everything set up for this guy to do well? 
No. No. Yeah, I, don't think, no, no. I, don't, I don't think Celtic are set up for any good manager, any manager at all to come in and instantly do well because they're not. I put out a poll on Twitter saying the majority of reports about Ange coming from people who are aware of him are overwhelmingly positive. Whilst the profile doesn't match the type of manager we feel we should be going for, how do you feel about the appointment? The options were very happy, unhappy. Sorry, the options were very happy, happy, What unhappy, are the options again? Very. The options, Stephen. Let me just run through the options. Always the same. <laughs> Very happy, <laughs> happy, unhappy, and very unhappy. Now, we had a number of people tweet us, where's the don't care option? The don't care option is not casting a vote. <laughs> if you don't care about something, you just don't vote on it. It's very, very simple. Oh, um, phone polls, you phone up and say, don't, don't know yet, uh, don't know, keep you posted. Yeah. Where's the don't know option? The don't know option is, have a wee think about it, have a cup of tea, come back when you've thought about it, and then pick one. Um, 5.2% of people are very happy at this appointment. Don't know who they are. Very weird. Um, with the best will in the world, I would love if you are very happy with this appointment. Tweet us and tell us why you're very happy with it. Three thirty-four point two percent of people are happy. Right, this is by the way, fourth over four thousand people voted in this, mm -hmm. so it's not an insignificant number for a Twitter poll. The majority though are are of cast their vote as unhappy. That's thirty-four point six percent. But between happy and unhappy, it's almost a dead heat. Um, and then twenty-six percent of people are very unhappy of this poll. So the majority of people have fallen into unhappy territory mm, here with yeah. this, which doesn't surprise me. No, no. no. I mean, it was never going to go over well, let's face it. I mean, we're sitting here and we're trying to be objective. We're looking at all the different angles and we're trying to come at it in a balanced manner as usual, but there's no getting away from it. It is, on the very surface of things, a disappointing oh, turn. Wait, wait a second, wait a second. What's that, Mr. Law? Are we on, are we on message? Is that okay? Is Mr. <laughs> Devon happy with this post? <laughs> Did you pick that up? <laughs> no, no, no. I think we oh, got rid of that God. one. Right, don't, okay, worry don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So there's no there's no getting away from it. It is a, it's a disappointing left turn we have taken away from Eddie Howe. But that doesn't mean all is lost. It, it could go spectacularly well. And there's, there's so much work with, to do, though. Oh, God. I, oh, I, God. Oh, my I, God. There's so much. Like, Eddie Howe coming in with his own background staff, as Melly said, is brilliant. Because they're all there, pre-packaged, yes. bump, bump, bump. They've all worked together before. No, it's all hunky-dory and they get on with the, 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 the thing. We are frantically, does anybody know a fucking first team coach? I, I remember I worked with a guy, he's fucking this, that, what about him, he's out of work. I would not it's be a, surprised if John Kennedy's kept on. Wouldn't surprise me. It's not even a bad he, idea because he's well qualified and, and he offers some sort of continuity and he knows the Scottish game. It's not a bad idea, but is it a good idea? That's the whole <laughs> no, point. But forget good ideas. Good ideas are gone. Yeah, right? this, It's going to be John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan are probably going to stay at Celtic. Through default, just like one of them to, needs to go. One of them just, needs to be. The, I'm sorry, but one of them needs to be the sacrificial both lamb. Both of them should go. Show, both of them should go. But both of them again, should go. But definitely one needs to go. And again, is it going to be guys like Lee Griffiths, Tom Rogic, and all that stay through default because we've not got enough time to bring in other players? No. This is the whole problem with it. Is you're worried about? We're all running about here. Nobody's got a clue what's happening, and you're just going to fall back into these old things, and it never works out. So Celtic should have been ready for all this, but as usual, they're not. Stick Gavin Strachan and John Kennedy in the dressing room, throw a pool cue in, and tell him to duke it out. We're going well, to have to try this. Yeah, dark night. It. John Kennedy would honestly would <laughs> melt Gavin Strachan. Gavin Strachan wouldn't stand a chance against physique Kennedy. And on that. We shall wrap up this impromptu flagship episode. Like I said, we weren't going to record another one of these until the Celtic manager was announced. But whilst this clown car of a season continues to trundle down the road, <laughs> we were left with absolutely no choice. If you want to take part in our Patreon, or if you just want to support this podcast because you like it, patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims, part of Project Rebuild. We're going to have an analytical podcast looking at um Postacoglu's approach to the game from an analytics and tactical perspective. We've got some local knowledge dropping tomorrow. Um, we're speaking to a local journalist who has reported and followed the career of Ange Postacoglu just to give you the full picture. Look, what we just want to do is one, give our opinion and two, give you guys some facts and if you're pissed off at the facts, then that's fine. But at least allow yourself to be pissed off at what's true. Don't get pissed off and get swept up in bullshit narratives. Yeah. Just get pissed off at what's actually true because trust me, there's plenty to get pissed off about. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.